Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jared. Mm. Down underneath, we have the one and only South Jersey Jason. How are you tonight, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing tonight? Good, man. I'm excited. We got a lot of videos to go through, a lot of information, and more uh, more for the bullshit meter that I need to put up here. <laughs> How many bullshits do you think we're going to have tonight? Uh, At least three. Okay. Okay. Anything new on your play? Did you watch anything? Um, no, I don't oh, think I did. You're slacking. You're slacking. I've yeah. been busy. I've been trying to get yeah. these shows together. I got two haunt interviews this week. I got a lot of stuff on the hopper. Nice. Uh, I didn't watch anything new. I watched, um, I revisited the Terrifier movies one and two. I had a, took me two viewings to watch part two because I'm old and I fall asleep early and it's like a two and a half hour movie. So, uh, oh, watch that watch hour and a half. Yeah. Um, not horror related, but I revisited Tombstone. I haven't watched that in a while. So I watched that last night. So, um, uh, today is the anniversary of the release of Jaws. Yay, Jaws. 48 years, I believe. Wow. Yeah. What a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And still holds up today. It, it, you know? it really does. I throw it on every time I see it on there. Yeah. Actually, um, I'm going to have a Jaws marathon 4th of July weekend next weekend because I'll be getting Jaws 2 in 4K next week. So I'll watch Sweet. 1 and 2 back to back. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Irene's going away again, so uh, I'm going to um, go on down to the Blairstown Diner because they got their hats back in stock. So I'm going to pick one up for Rick Paulton. And uh, my friend BJ Crowder wants to buy a coffee mug, so he sent me the money so I can buy him that. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. I mean, the only thing that I've really been watching is this whole submarine down, going down to the Titanic and the DIY submarine, basically, is what it is. They're dead. They are. I, I bet you uh, they had a... Uh, they, they imploded. I yeah, they, they decompressed. They're they're gone. Yeah. It's sad. It sucks. And I would love to do it, but that's probably my number one reason why. Not honest. Did, did you see what this thing is made of? Yeah. It's like was, other than, and he was still charging two hundred and fifty k. Other than like the inner tube, it's stuff you can buy at a hardware store. Yeah. So I mean, I don't get how there's no communication. They didn't put GPS on there. They're connected to Elon Musk Starlink or whatever, but they have to be on the surface or close to it. Yeah. Uh, and even if they're floating somewhere on the surface. They can't open the door because it's locked from the outside. Yeah, yeah, they're gone. It's just, it's yeah. sad. It is what it is, but odds are no communication. Even if they're sitting at the bottom, you're not getting there. It's just, it's just not happening. Yeah. I mean, well, it, they got like some subs on the way, like submersible, like, you know, uh, radio controlled submersibles, but they're not going to get there in time. It's a, it, but, even, even the drop down the Titanic's three hours. Yeah, so you're just—it's yeah. crazy. Oh, look who's on, Shell Bell Donna. It says really you're it says you're muted, Shelly. So I don't know what the hell you got going on. Is that the? Is that her from last week? Yep. The same. Oh, okay, cool. It um, says watching when, without audio. So Shelly, that's on your end. Uh, um, when I think of imploding, I remember. I think it was the abyss mm. when the guy started getting the bends and going crazy and. 
this thing like cracked a hole and it just sucked. Now, do you think when it implodes, it's just going to crush like a can, right? Yeah, that's what we're told. Is at that depth, it's instant can crushing. Like you, you, yeah, you like won't even know what happened. Pounds of pressure or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Yeah, but so. you know, you you know that risk when you get on board. I mean, yeah. It sucks. Now, but... if it was like a legit, like James Cameron, when he went down, would you do it? No, it still scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Judo mind tricks. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so uh, I think that's really it. Um, trying to think if I saw any news by, by any means. Um, uh, real quick. Other than uh, Terrifier coming to the theater that I've seen posted a hundred times. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, you know, and this is why, like, so the Friday the 13th weekend, they announced three, well, I guess two, because they're twins, but three alumni uh, for the Monster Mania Maryland show, uh, hmm. Kim Kim Beck, who played uh, uh, Corey Feldman's sister in part four, and then the Double Mint twins are going which they're that's pretty cool because they're rare so if i know if i know anyone going i'll see if they can get me the autographs for them very so, cool yeah we got know. cons coming up we got all kinds of stuff coming up today we're doing more butt sex demons oh is this uh happened with the smurl yeah story? you know demons oh. demons everywhere you know i usually have a demon but it's exiting not going in <laughs> Yeah. This week, guys, we are jumping in to the Smurl family hey, haunting. Rick's on, by the way, real quick. What's up, Rick? Thank you for tuning in. I'll be on Rick's show, Celebrity. Yeah, I, I told Rick. I was looking looking all over my email, my text, and I couldn't find it. He's like, find what? I'm like, my fucking invite to the whole enchilada. That's because I'm the handsome diner guy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I, I got his logo. I'm gonna try and do some pretty cool shit for him. See oh, what nice. I can awesome. do for him. All right. So the Smurls. I don't think I'm too familiar with this one. This is the basis for that 1991 movie, The Haunting. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Not a terrible movie. I remember liking it when I was younger, and it has a black mist in it, and like always cursing and shit. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. And Miss was cursing at them? Yeah, or a voice was cursing at them. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was. I remember the movie. Okay. But let's get started. This is from Nesper. This one was not behind a paywall. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. uh, Dickhead. Tony Spiro. <laughs> from 1974 to 1987, the Smurls claimed they were at the mercy of ghosts. After flood damage forced them from their Wilkes Bar home, Janet and Jack Smurl, along with their youngest daughters and Jack's parents, moved in the Chase Street duplex in West Pittson, Pennsylvania. A bit of a fixer-upper, they put their efforts into repainting, retooling, and repairs. It was at this time the eerie activity began. 13 years? Coincidence? I think not. Mm. (laughs) Initially, the episodes were benign. Tools went missing, then reappeared. Old wall stains seeped through fresh coats of paint. Then the kitchen appliances caught fire, even though they were unplugged and awful odors overwhelmed the house, only dispersed moments later. At first, the home seemed to be a good move for the family. Jack was promoted at work. The kids were excelling in school. 
The in-laws were happy, but that didn't last long. Soon, the Smurls were struggling to make ends meet. Mary, Jack's mother, suffered a heart attack. The ghostly visits, meanwhile, intensified. Mary and Janet claimed to have perceived voices that sounded like one another. Janet thought she heard her mother-in-law calling her name, while Mary thought she heard Janet and Jack in the throes of an argument laden with expletive. That's the scene I remember from the movie, is the mom ran over and goes, you don't talk like that. What the hell is going on? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm doing laundry. Hmm. (laughs) Ominous black masses formed and floated through the home. Janet said she was visited in the dead of night by a malevolent force that molested her in her sleep. More demon sex. Demons! <laughs> then Jack started experimenting the horror in his home. Lying in bed with Janet, he heard someone whispering, a young woman it seemed. When he turned his f- to face his wife, he watched a shadowy figure run up her leg. After that night, life in this moral house grew darker. Mm. Alright. Uh, my dog's barking. Sorry, people. Oh, you still have the dog? The dog ain't going anywhere. Well, I didn't. Well, it makes you feel better. I didn't hear it, so. All right, that's good. Yeah. A light fixture fell from the ceiling, cutting one of the daughters on impact. The family dog was thrown against the wall. Janet said she was picked up by an invisible presence, staggling some six feet in the air, and then tossed across the room. Jack claimed a succubus—that's a word we'll hear later—entered the Mm. living room and raped him, while a baseball game played on TV. Even neighbors reported hearing screams from the house while the family was out. That was I like another... how they, I like how they put "wow." The baseball game was playing on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I had to keep it manly up there, even though you were getting sodomized. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that was another cool scene. Was like neighbors would see all the lights and stuff flashing around oh, the house in okay. the movie. That was pretty cool. Seeking help, terrified, the Smurls contacted our our. our... So. Again, this is the 70s. How do you find the Warrens? Like, are they in the yellow pages? What I read they... was their church knew a guy that knew the Warrens. Okay. Because their church wouldn't get involved. Right, okay. And Well, I have all videos of all that that the Warrens tell us. <laughs> Terrified, the Smurls contacted Ed and Lorraine Warren. After inspecting the house, Lorraine Warren, a clairvoyant with several well-known paranormal investigations under her belt concluded that the Smurls shared their home with four spirits. A harmless elderly woman, a young and possibly violent girl, a man who suffered and died in the home, and a demon that used the other three spirits to destroy the Smurl family. Mm. Alright, so let's play... First off, here's the house, guys. It's a really blurry picture. There's nothing I could do. It was the 80s. Yeah, looks just like a regular... A regular old... Now, is that a like a duplex? Now, yeah, it looks like it is. Okay. Because so it was only, two doors, so one would be upstairs, only one would be... Their, only their side of the as house? As far as we factor. know, yes. Mm, interesting. So here's Ed and Lorraine Warren fighting with someone. Or arguing, because he's pointing angrily. I wonder if he's a plant, you know? Right, he's holding a book. Looks like he's, on, looks like he's holding, yeah. Uh, here's the Smurl family. That man right there was raped by a succubus. Now, the wife is the one next to him, I'm assuming, in the sweater and the glasses. It's the 
woman to his our right. She looks a little older. But yeah, I, I, I'm not even sure who's who. Yeah. All right, so then we have. Apparently, this happened with their chairs. Oh wow! Now that now is that. I think there's people that, sitting there. Yeah, I think I'd go on the right hand side. I see someone like hunched over yeah. at a table. Hopefully, Maybe it's were... Lorraine about to get whacked in the face with <laughs> a chair. I mean, that's pretty cool. If that, I mean, it looks like it was something uh, while it was happening. Yeah, but as blurry as that is, you could have done anything with that picture. Yeah. All right, so. Let's, uh, before we get into the history, uh, Shelly, I don't know what the hell you're talking about with spirit fingers, but okay. Uh, I think I have my fingers up, like jazz fingers, you know? Uh, okay. Demons! We'll, we'll do it for Shelly. <laughs> Alright, so let's get into the first video I have from Ed and Lorraine Warren. This is the Smurl case. Ed and Lorraine Warren, of course, first became involved in the Smurl case in 1986. Nearly 13 years after the family from West Pittston, Pennsylvania, had first come under demonic attack. For the 13 years preceding, the Smurl family had endured an unending barrage of unnatural and terrifying phenomena. This family, model family, civic-minded and religious, was raped of a normal life and made to suffer incomprehensible tragedy at the hands of the demonic. The details of all the events in the Smurl case are too many to recount in this outline of the full story. Instead, significant events and relevant occurrences have been highlighted for the purposes of showing the motive, strategy, or sheer mercilessness of the demonic. Still, it is important to relay that for the most part, the horrific events continued on a near daily basis. Each day brought new terror. Some days were worse than others. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the events would seem to let up even for weeks at a time giving the family the false hope that the problem had solved itself. Right. But always it, it would return, each time further breaking the will of the family. In 1973, the Smurls had purchased and moved into a duplex in West Pittston, Pennsylvania. Janet, Jack, and their two young daughters, Dawn and Heather, occupied one half of the house while Jack's parents, John and Mary, occupied the other. They lived happily for a short time in the house, taking joy in life's pleasures. It was soon after the move, however, in 1973, that certain unusual phenomenon began. As is the, often the case, the incidents began harmlessly. Drawers mysteriously opened and closed of their own accord. Unplugged radios blared loud music, and rocking chairs swayed back and forth when no one was in them. Now, right there, what's, what's those, happening? Those are the beginning stages of infestation. Mm -hmm. When people have a haunting that's going to occur, a really bad one, these are all the things that occur to those people. Doors opening and closing, footsteps, psychical spots, hearing what we call magic whispering. These are all the beginning stages, Tony. But they're minor by comparison to what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Then it says here, a strange and fetid odor lingered in the house, its source unknown. Claw marks scratched into wood appeared in the newly remodeled bedroom. bedroom. As often as was possible, the family tried to attribute the events to logical explanations. Still, the incidents continued, even after the birth of their twin daughters, Karen and Sharon, in 1977. Could all that was happening be explained away with logical reasoning? Unfortunately, the odds were quickly turning on the Smurls. Is that what most people do? Yeah, the mm -hmm. Smurls were um, the all-American family, really. You know, they were civic-minded. Uh, they had the 
In fact, Jackson Merle had started the first girls' basketball team in West Piston. Uh, they were all around American family. So people would say, well, what did they do to open up the doors? They didn't do anything. Mm -mm. They are what we call the chosen ones. When I say chosen ones, this family here, very religiously oriented, good Catholics, good Christians, were picked for one purpose. God wanted to show his power over evil, and these were the people he did it through. Mm -hmm. It says here, in one particularly horrifying event, Janet recalls being downstairs in the basement doing laundry when she heard a faint voice call out her name. She looked out the basement over, she looked the basement over quickly, and the source of the voice, but she couldn't find anything. Again, she heard her name, Janet. Her fear heightened as she spun around. She knew no one was home, yet she had the distinct feeling that she was not alone. When mm -hmm. the voice called a third time, Janet responded, what do you want? The voice did not answer, but continued to call her name. Now, what's that you all about? You know how about? many people hear voices like this in their homes? They hear the wife pull up in a car, open the door, come in, set the groceries down. The husband will yell up, you're home, honey? He goes up, there's nobody there. These sounds come through telepathy. They're telepathically projected to the listener. Now, this is what she was hearing. Now, you also notice, Tony, now they're beginning to show fear. Yeah, because it says here that she immediately located her rosary beads and began praying. Yes. And it says, in another incident, while folding clothes one afternoon, Janet felt a sudden chill enter the room. Mm -hmm. She glanced up and watched as a dark figure, mm -hmm. human in form, glided past her and made its way to the living room. With a paralyzed fear, she just stood and stared. Yeah. After a few moments, she mustered the strength to follow the path of the dark visitor into the living room, which she found to be empty. Shaken, she decided to visit Jack's mother, Mary, who lived in the other half of the duplex. Upon entering the other half, Janet noticed that Mary was visibly upset. She sat upright in her rocking chair, gripping the arms of the chair. Before Janet could explain the strange event that had just occurred, Mary explained that a dark figure had just come through the wall and passed through the house. Shadow ghosts. Uh, shadow mm -hmm. ghosts are the most dangerous. They can actually solidify to the extent that they're almost like cement. And, of mm. course, Tony, they could walk right through the walls. Oh, no Doesn't problem. mean anything whatsoever. But All right. So, Shadow Ghost, the most dangerous. Mm. All right. So, this is another article we got. The Smurls moved into a double block house on Chase Street. They claim that the premises were disturbed by a demon that caused loud noises and bad odors. They threw their dog against the wall, shook their mattress, pushed one of their daughters down a flight of stairs, and physically and sexually assaulted family members on several occasions. So in 1986, the family brought in a pair of demonologists, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who we just heard from. According to Ed Warren, the demon that inhabited the Smurls' home was very powerful, and it shook mirrors and furniture after they tried to persuade it to leave by playing religious music and praying. Warren claimed that he felt a drop in temperature and saw a dark mass form in the home. And the demon once left out a message on a mirror telling him to get out. Sure, then. wonder if he's related to the Amityville demon. It could be. <laughs> After months of investigation, Warren alleged that he had a number of audio tapes containing knocking and rapping caused by the demon. Professor Paul Kurtz of State University of New York at Buffalo, and then chairman of the Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal, 
said the Warrens weren't objective, independent, or impartial investigators and characterized the Smurls' claim as a host, a charade, and a ghost story. Kurt said that the family's claims were possibly due to delusions, hallucinations, or brain impairment, and advised that they submit themselves to psychiatric and psychological examinations. Jack Smurl told a newspaper reporter he had surgery to remove water from his brain in 1983 because he had been experiencing short-term memory loss due to a case of meningitis in his youth. Allentown psychologist Robert Gordon commented that people often look at demonology to explain many tensions that they experience as individuals within their families. Spokespeople for the Roman Catholic Church, Diocese of Scranton, said they were unsure what might be causing the disturbances. St. Bonaventure University theology professor Alphonsus Traboloid OFM said there might be other less dynamic explanations. The home was blessed by several priests who said they saw no harmful activity while on the property. Janet Smurl claimed an identified priest performed three unsuccessful exorcisms and that the demon avoided the rites by moving between the double block home and following the family to other locations. In 1986, a priest from the local diocese spent two nights at the Smurl home and said nothing unusual happened during his stay there. In 1986, the Smurls told the press they were tired of the constant media bombardment. However, within a few months, they had authored, along with Ed Lorraine and Scranton newspaper writer Robert Curran, a paper book version of the story they called The Haunted, published by St. Martin's Press. The book was criticized by reviewers such as Wilkes-Barre Times leader staff writer John Marsak, who wrote, Robert Curran forsakes the principles of his trade to give readers a one-sided account of what did or didn't occur over several years. In Jack and Janet's small former home, reviewer Mary Beth Groom wrote that the book was poorly written, adding that it is hard to conceive of a supposedly sophisticated objective, and as far as we know, at least until now, credible reporter like Curran taking their story seriously given the complete lack of any empirical or physical evidence to support it. That same year, the pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in West Pittston, Reverend John Odonzio, said the Smurls felt that after intense prayers, things are back to normal. In 1987, Janet Smurl told reporters they still heard knocking and saw shadows. After the Smurl family moved to Wilkes-Barre, Deborah Owens moved into the former Smurl house in 1988 and told reporters she never encountered anything supernatural while living there. In 1991, a two-hour movie for TV movie titled The Haunted was released by 20th Century Fox, written by Curran. The Warrens and the Smurls, and starring Jeffrey DeMunn as Jack Smurl and Sally Kirkland as Janet Smurl. Now, we will get to that. I have that uh, trailer right now. Nice. There are four spirits in your house. What does it want with us? It wants to kill you. Protect us. Don't let it kill my children. His story. Alright, so that's the trailer. I remember it being fun when I was little, but I mean, that's a long time ago. It's hard to remember. I just looked up the street. It's an hour and 40 minutes from me. Oh, okay. Man. Road trip. Yeah. 
All right, before I go into what PoconoRecord.com said, let's play the next uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren video. Psychic evaluations conducted by Lorraine had revealed that there were indeed several entities involved in the Smurl case. Four entities had been identified, mm -hmm. three human spirits and one demonic. Mm -hmm. Although the three human spirits were of no less concern to the Warrens, they knew that what they were really up against was a demon, an entity that was never human to begin with. Tell me about no. that. Okay, now this is the first day in the house. And Ed had brought, you know the box, Tony, that he has <laughs> that has all the first class relics in it? Right. All of those first class relics have been given to us we never actually sought any of them out. And we have all the papers from Rome concerning them. Ed took them up and he put them on the bed in the master bedroom. And he and I sat on the bed and he put on this music, this um, chanting, chanting music. Gregorian chanting. Gregorian chanting music. And he had it on real low and we this were saying- This is provoking what's in that house. Evil spirits hate Gregorian chanting. They hate prayers. And we they were, hate the name of Jesus or God. And we were praying. We, we were saying prayers out loud together. And with this, Tony, there were louver doors on the um, closet. But the carpet was so thick, and they never had the doors plain down. So you had to, like, pick the doors up, you know, to open them or close them. And going back and forth like crazy, the doors were. Mm -hmm. Then the television lit up, but it wasn't plugged in. Then all the I'm things. About this in there. Then all the things that were on the bureau began to dance, all around. Let me just read this to. Uh, it says, as if dictating the past thirteen years of the Smurls family experience, the Warrens laid out the different stages, strategies, and common procedures used by the demonic in an evil campaign. As the Smurls had experienced, the phenomena has started relatively harmlessly. Mm -hmm. This is referred to as the infestation period of a demonic attack. The demonic entity is making its presence known to its target. It will slowly and methodically create disturbances <coughs> through the manipulation. It's like a, a shark. If you're in the water, a shark doesn't attack you immediately. It circles you. Uh -huh. It looks at its prey. It wants to make sure that it can't harm it. And only when it's sure will it attack that prey. That's what this was doing here. Yeah, it says, it will slowly and methodically create right. disturbances through the manipulation of the physical. It'll levitate, of objects, levitate objects, wrappings on the wall, disembodied footsteps, as well as by exploiting weaknesses of the psyche, mm -hmm. creating an atmosphere of anger and fear among those involved. In either instance, it is careful not to expose itself too quickly. Uh, perhaps it is that the demons enjoy re reveling in the slow torture of its subject. They do. Or maybe the demonic entity must first produce fear and energy, which it will later harness to manifest even more terrifying phenomena. Yes. Is that true? That's right. Yes. Uh, as a person yes. becomes frightened, Tony, they throw off psychic energy into the atmosphere, which a spirit like this will use as a fuel to manifest more phenomena. That's why it's so much better, Tony, to rely on your faith or make sure that you have your faith to rely on. All right. So that was video number two. We got three more of them. It's interesting hearing them talk about it, but this is what PoconoRecord.com has to say. Jack Smurl, famous for haunting story, dies at age 75. This was in 2017. 
Uh, Sarah Skinto of the Walksbury Citizen's Voice. Jack Smurl, a man whose name often conjures a decades-old haunting story, has died at the age of 75. Karen Smurl, Jack Smurl's youngest twin daughter, said her father died after a lengthy battle with diabetes on Thursday night at her twin sister's home in Sullivan County. It was so quick, she said, we didn't expect it because he had been doing so well. She said he passed away around 11 p.m. Thursday after previously surviving several setbacks related to his health issues. He told my mom one of his biggest regrets was that he wasn't going to make their 50th anniversary. A Wilkes-Barre native, Jack Smurl and his family rose to notoriety in the late 1980s when they reported what they believed to be paranormal activity occurring in the West Pistons' home. The Smurls had moved to a home on Chase Street, which we'll just keep going back and forth with that. Mm-hmm. So Jack Smurl once reported that when he tried to pray the rosary, a demon dragged him from his bed. Karen Smurl, who was younger than a 10 at the time, said her father worked to protect the family from onlookers and naysayers once their stories started to spread through television and newspaper stories. I remember once it got out into the media, we had people knocking on our windows and doors, bricks thrown through our window. People were terrorizing us, she said. He was scared too, but he was always the tough one. She remembers one day while reporters and curious neighbors swarmed the front yard, her father and grandfather sat on the porch holding their rifles. My dad would have done anything he could to protect us, he said. We just learned to always have each other's back. Paranormal investigators and reporters descended upon the family in their West Pistons home. The family sought exorcisms and other help to end their hauntings. The incident stopped by October 1986, and the family moved back to Wilkes-Barre in 1988. From that time on, Karen Smurl said her father put the incidents behind him and focused on his work at Topps Chewing Gum in Duria and his immense involvement with his family and his community. She said he served as secretary of the West Pits and Lions Club and remained heavily involved in First Holy Roser Rosary Church in Wilkes-Barre, and later St. Leo's Church in Ashley. At church bazaars, he'd be the one flipping burgers on the grill, she said. She and her sister all played sports in school. She and twin sister Shannon were all-star athletes at GAR and played on the Wilkes University women's basketball team. She said her father attended nearly every game and participated in every booster club he could. He'd be the father bringing Gatorade and the snacks, she said. He'd be the loudest guy screaming for all the kids. When Karen Smurl shared the news of her father's death, she said she heard from childhood teammates about their memories of her father. One, Sherry Andrzejewski, called Jack Smurl the team's biggest fan, who often gave her rides to games and getting cheered on. As a teenager, I didn't have parents who came to support me or our team, and I didn't have rides of summer league, and I had no one to be proud of me, she said. She wrote to Karen Smurl. Your dad was our biggest fan. Always made sure we had a had a ride, and both of your parents were just the absolute best to me. Karen Smurl said her father treated all of the kids in the neighborhood like his own. I always said my parents had a hundred children, not four, she said. Karen Smurl, 38, works as a social worker and occupational paranormal investigator. She said what happened to her family inspired her to pursue paranormal investigation and help others who had similar experiences. So she wouldn't be 38 now. She would be uh, 44. Now she's my age. Yeah. Jack Smurl was proud of her for helping others, she said. We had such a hard time and nobody to turn to, she said. He was happy. I was a voice out there for people who needed help. 
She tends to assist by offering a Catholic perspective to existing paranormal teams in the state. Because of what she experienced, Carol Karen Karen Smurl said she knows she'll see her father again one day. Hmm. I'm just looking at it like he's my guardian angel, she said. Now my dad is just looking out for us on the other side. So that was a cool little back look into where the kind of like the Smurls are now. Yeah, I wonder. Um, oh, she's on Facebook. Oh, Let's very see. cool. Yeah, just look her up. Hold on. All I right. wanted to see what she belonged to. Look her up and I'll play this third video. In what was likely the most terrifying experience in his life, Jack recalls the night he was physically and sexually attacked by a succubus. That this was tell a me what horrible. that succubus is? Yes, a succubus is a, a demon who attacks the male physically and sexually. The incubus attacks the female physically and sexually. These are the most horrendous types of attacks, as you'll hear Jack's <clears throat> description of it now. It says here, the following quotes were extracted from a taped interview with Jack Smurl, and this is what Jack says. To be honest, I even hate to think about her. Her skin was paper white, but it was covered in some places with the scaly surface I mentioned, and then at other places with open sores, the kind you'd think a leper would have or something. And these sores were running with pus. She had long, white, scraggly hair, and her eyes were all red, and the inside of her mouth and her gums were green. Some of her teeth were missing, but those she had were very long and vampire-like. Then she mounted me in the dominant position and started riding me. That's the only way I can describe it. I don't remember feeling anything at all other than panic and complete terror. Isn't that horrible? I could tell she was having orgasms because she would give little jerks and her smile would broaden. Then she vanished, vanished, just like that, just vanished. Well, again, you know, Jack is calling it a a she here. It's an it. It's not a she. It's It's not a he. It's something that has never walked this earth. It's something horrible, ugly, filthy. It doesn't enjoy the sexual act. It's an insult to God's birthing act that's what it's all about but if you ever the creation met, of birth it's an insult to it but if you ever met jack oh he, he didn't want to even describe this oh, or talk about and if you ever met the no. type of man he was to have that happen to him in fact when he would go on a couple of national shows uh these uh talk hosts uh, thought it was a big joke and they started joking about it he was humiliated of course oh, he didn't terrible. want to talk about this at all he said i don't want to talk about the succubus attacks so but i know for a fact <laughs> that even after he left uh, the first house that he was attacked on at least six other occasions, similarly. All right, so more, uh, more rapey, more rapey ghosts. He, uh, yeah. he, he at least finished off the demon. You heard she was twitching. Yeah. All right, yeah. go Jack. Yeah, so I found Karen Smurl on Facebook, and I'm looking at her photos, but nothing related to anything like paranormal. Just. You know, family stuff, nature stuff. Yeah, I'm looking to see if there's any, like, family photos of her and her dad. Oh, I think I found them. Let's see. There might be them. I don't know. There's no captions. Should reach out to her, see if she wants to come on the show. Yeah, that would be fun. A little follow-up well, episode. We, we have uh, one mutual friend. <laughs> so That's cool. Yeah. All right, so... Ed talking about a succubus because yeah, but here's the thing: like, if there's no, if there's no, he's saying there's no, uh, sex to demons, right? 
but yet there's a name for a succubus which attacks women and an incubus that attacks men or other way around i'm sorry switched up so why wouldn't the demon have a sex if they pray after that one or the other right so i'm 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 gonna get hit the bullshit meter Ta-da! <laughs> boom nine not as many as i thought so far we haven't really caught them in any uh differentials right all right so let's go to video number four this is jack contacted ed warren in the morning and explained the previous night's events with growing concern the warrens brought in father robert mckenna mm-hmm. as a t- traditional roman catholic priest from connecticut father mckenna had been involved with the warrens for many years and performed countless exorcisms mm-hmm. the warrens now asked their friend to help the smurl family in expelling the demon from their lives the arrangements were made in Father McKenna arrived at the Smurl home in Pennsylvania. After a brief conversation with the family that he donned his vestments and began the formal rite of exorcism, Father McKenna moved from room to room, Mm -hmm. sprinkling holy water and reciting holy words in Latin. He carried with him a crucifix, a large rosary, and a relic of a saint. After he completed the inside of the house, he moved to the outside, where he performed the same rites on the plot of land surrounding the house. Mm Once the exorcism was complete, the Smurls thanked Father Robert Kenna and he packed up and returned back to Connecticut. Although the exorcism had proven temporary relief from the demonic attacks, it did not rid the Smurls of the problem completely. The Warrens kept a close watch over the Smurls and soon were hearing reports from the family that activity had once again resumed. Mm-hmm. Levitating objects, the return of the fetid odor, and wrappings on the wall marked the return of the demon. <clears throat> the family was crushed. Both the Warrens and Father McKenna had warned them that an exorcism is not always successful, but the Smurls so hoped that this would be the end of the problem. Right. Again, Father McKenna was brought to the house for a second attempt. As in the first exorcism, he blessed each room, repeated the exorcism prayers in Latin. At the end of the exorcism, he added a special prayer for the Smurls that the Lord might grant them peace from the demon and allow them to move on. Mm-hmm. The Smurls were again at peace. Over the next few days and then weeks, the family began piecing their lives back together. They had endured a demonic barrage for 13 long years and had come out on the other side intact and stronger in faith. But like the last exorcism, the peace didn't last. The hold the demon had on the Smurl family was one of the strongest the Warrens have ever encountered. Mm-hmm. So those two exorcisms, were two not exorcisms didn't do it. No, they did not, Tony. No, I, and I yeah. think the reason that it didn't do it was because... God wasn't yet ready to show his power. His power was to come, and in a great way. All right. Succumbed. Succubus. Hmm. Big words. Mm-hmm. More rapey demons. I just find it weird that everything's a fucking demon to this crew. Right. right. Everything we found a demon. Like, are there really that many demons out there? Uh, I don't know. Was that the fourth video? Third video? Third video, I think. Let's find out. This is Jack contacted Ed Warren in the morning and explained the previous night's events. With growing concern, the Warrens brought in Father Robert McKenna. Mm -hmm. As a traditional Roman Catholic priest from Connecticut, Father McKenna had been involved with the Warrens for many years and performed countless exorcisms. Mm Mm-hmm. The Warrens now asked their friend to help the Smurl family in expelling the demon from their lives. The arrangements were made and Father McKenna arrived at the Smurl home in Pennsylvania. After a brief conversation with the family that he donned his vestments 
and began the formal rite of exorcism, Father McKenna moved from room to room, mm -hmm. sprinkling holy water and reciting holy words in Latin. He carried with him a crucifix, a large rosary, and a relic of a saint. After he completed the inside of the house, he moved to the outside, where he performed the same rites on the plot of land surrounding the house. Mm -hmm. Once the exorcism was complete, the Smurls thanked Father Robert Kenna and he packed up and returned back to Connecticut. Although the exorcism had proven temporary relief from the demonic attacks, it did not rid the Smurls of the problem completely. The Warrens kept a close watch over the Smurls and soon were hearing reports from the family that activity had once again resumed. Mm -hmm. Levitating objects, the return of the fetid odor, and wrappings on the wall marked the return of the demon. <clears throat> the family was crushed. Both the Warrens and Father McKenna had warned them that an exorcism is not always successful, but the Smurls so hoped that this would be the end of the problem. Right. Again, Father McKenna was brought to the house for a second attempt. As in the first exorcism, he blessed each room, repeated the exorcism prayers in Latin. At the end of the exorcism, he added a special prayer for the Smurls that the Lord might grant them peace from the demon and allow them to move on. Mm -hmm. The Smurls were again at peace. Over the next few days and then weeks, the family began piecing their lives back together. They had endured a demonic barrage for 13 long years and had come out on the other side intact and stronger in faith. But like the last exorcism, the peace didn't last. The hold the demon had on the Smurl family was one of the strongest the Warrens have ever encountered. Mm -hmm. So those two exorcisms... Were not successful. Didn't do it. No, they did not, Tony. No, I, and I no. think the reason that it didn't do is because God wasn't yet ready to show his power. His power was to come, and in a great way. All right, so if that was a duplicate video, our apologies, but it is what it is. So even after the church failing them multiple times, they're still hardcore believers. Um, I'd say I'd give credit, but I think you're a fool. But, uh, hey, what do you pay them every Sunday for if not to help you? Yeah. So let's play this last video, then we'll do some thoughts and maybe even add to the bullshit counter. Oh, yes. All right, so here at the end this is going public, this, this last little part here. Yes, says, it is. It was becoming too much for the Smurls to handle. After more than a decade of torture and no assistance from the church, the family was exhausted and didn't know how much more they could endure. After much contemplation between Jack and Janet, they decided it was time to take their story public. Mm -hmm. The Smurl family made several appearances on a talk show, had a local newspaper write an article, and had their story told in a book in collaboration with the Warrens. That's the book, The Haunted. Right. Mm -hmm. Their hope was that someone who could end their problem once and for all would hear their story. They had also hoped that the church, which was still providing no assistance in the matter, would be, for the lack of a more appropriate term, shamed into helping and they were shamed into it well tony one man one man that we never even knew who was in rome who studied to be a roman catholic priest who left just before ordination uh -huh. but had made many contacts in rome during that period of time he left because of health reasons within his family he has a huge catholic bookstore in New York City. He read the book. He was appalled by what he read. He wrote a letter and sent the book to Cardinal Ratzinger at the Vatican. We got a copy of that in the mail. We went down to the Smurl home. The very night that we got that, we were going down there for dinner with them. And now they had moved to Wilkes-Barre. 
So we kind of laughed about it. Yeah, imagine. Right. Nobody else is helping. Why? Why is Rome? Why, going why to would Rome listen to this man? Yeah. Sending Who is a letter. This man? But God works in strange ways. So Cardinal Ratzinger took the uh, bull by the horns, got an exorcist. They sent him right there to uh, the Smurl home. It was done holy. And here's week. the here's the kicker: the very priest that didn't want to help them in the beginning <laughs> told them they could. He didn't want to be bothered. There's a knock on the door. Mrs. Smurl opens up the door. Here's the priest. He's got a box of candy in his hands. Well, Mrs. Smurl, how are you? Well, nice. I've even, got even some the bishop came. good news for you. And they don't understand why this guy's there because he wasn't going to give them any help. I brought you a little gift, a box of candy. And he said, uh, the good news is that uh, Rome is intervening for you. Uh, Cardinal Ratzinger is having an exorcist sent to your home. That exorcist was sent there. The home was cleared. And the family has lived happily ever since. That was not in the book, The Haunted. No. Because at that time, there was no closing. There was no closing at that time. There was no, no closing closure on the time. case. But they're, today, they're doing fine. They're but great. That was very painful to write, Tony, being a Catholic, ha having this family strong in their Catholic faith, too, to write a book. And in a way, you were going against your church. Right. No, the church was going against, against the teachings of the Bible. Yes, that's true. The yeah. Bible states mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ had performed exorcisms while he was on earth, that he did cast out devils. Many of the priests in the rectories today, if you said to them, Father, uh, do you believe in the devil? You'd see a little smirk come on many of their faces. Not all of them, no, but you'd see a smirk. Some and they would them. condemn their fellow priests for even believing in such things as devils and demons. That's medieval. That's right. ancient. I'm glad to see that they're better now. They're we're about out of time. Actually, we're out of time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad it all worked out in the end. It worked out wonderful. Thank you. All right, it worked out wonderful for him. They're much better. All right, uh, he's getting the bullshit meter. <laughs> so we're up to 10. 10 bullcrabs we found them in. Yeah, um... I don't remember hearing any evidence of Jesus Christ doing exorcism, so we're going uh, bullcrap meter. And she, you know what? I'm giving Lorraine another one. Boom. That's for the hell of it. Now, she said that it really hurt her to write the letter because the church really let her down. When's the church ever helped anyone? Right, right. Look back. Let's go back. Mm. A lot of death, a lot of murder, a lot of child rape. Uh, let's not talk about the Holocaust. Let's continue on. Like, there's nothing that's like, oh, awesome. What are you guys doing? Like, right. it's cool to believe, but to completely fucking fully support this group. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, I believe, yeah, I like, believe in a stronger power, but I'm not putting all my faith into a bunch of kid rapists. Sorry. Yeah. It's been proven true. time and time again. So you can cancel me if you want. It's been proven over and over and over again. It's worse than the fucking Boy Scouts. Yeah. And I, I have no time for that. There, I got off got off my soapbox. <laughs> Your rant of the week. I, like I don't hate people that believe. Good for you. No. You know, if yeah, you if it's you not, it's not the people. No, it's the people. If who you need run. that to get through life, that's fine. I don't care. I'm not going to yeah. judge it. Whatever. We all have our things. But it's it's bullshit after bullshit. Like you you go every Sunday in your mm -hmm. fucking clothes. You pay them money 
so the priest can have a nice car. And then mm -hmm. what happens when you actually need this fucking church? They don't believe okay. you. Putting the sex scandals aside. Yep. Who's worse? The Catholic Church or the the evangelicals that have like, you know, uh, who were the big ones? Uh, oh. Tammy Faye and Jim Baker, like those type of people who were worse. Well, I think they're the same, aren't they? I think the evangelical, well, the big ones down in Texas, they're worse because they are making hand over fist money, millions of tax dollars free. a year, tax free <laughs> to build. Yeah. I've seen these epicenters. They're like mm -hmm. stadiums. There's yeah. no need for that. There's no need for that. And then they're making money over the phone. Are they healing you over the fucking phone? Like, it's, it's, it's. I just like watching a video and they're all like, ooh, they go up to the, the pastor and he touches them on the head and he expels the demon. <laughs> come on, Ed Warren. How come you haven't done that? Where's the video of that? I know. It's, it's like, <laughs> I'm not turning down on anyone's belief. You believe what you want to believe. This is, that's how, money. I am all about staying in my lane. But when I yeah. see shit that pisses me off like this, I, I don't understand how you could still end every Facebook post with God bless. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, but, you know, if someone pisses me off, I tell them have a blessed day. <laughs> yeah, like, if it's so if it's so wrong to be like, Merry Christmas, how can people come still say blessed day? Like, it's just... Yeah. Uh, it, and this, the Warrens in the church, and, like, you went through three failed exorcisms. So, obviously, that priest you know from Connecticut doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Right. And then you keep trying this guy. I know he was the only guy that would answer the call, but maybe they weren't answering for a fucking reason. They should have got the, the priest and the Pope's exorcist. <laughs> that would have been a 150,000 exorcism. Yeah. yeah. But that's the Smurl case. More butt sex from demons. More bullshit. More craziness. I think next up, we will touch the uh, Enfield haunting. I'll start working oh, on that. One. Okay, good one. Are there any other? Now we didn't cover the devil made me do it yet. We can. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Are there any other? Other after the Enfield, are there any other big ones? Case? No, but there's okay. little ones about a werewolf. We already, oh, really? yeah, we already did Annabelle. Yeah. Um. There's one about that cemetery they always covered. Hmm. But I don't know how cemeteries are haunted. I mean, you didn't die there. Your, right. Your spirits right. aren't at a But what do I know? Like, I think some cemeteries might be haunted, like all of them in um, Gettysburg, because like, uh, it was oh, a fucking yeah. battlefield. Dude, man, I would love... I remember when I, Irene and I went to Gettysburg, it was 2012, I think. Um, we met a couple, and they're son is a paranormal investigator and he had just gotten approval to do like uh you know the going out into battlefields at night that's really cool man i would i would pay money just to sit out in a battlefield and just lay on lay on the grass and just let my ears open up yep yeah that'd be cool yeah the only thing um, with that is you gotta watch out. I forget the term for it, but it's like if you're looking for something, you're gonna see it. 
Um, well, if Shelly was go, still here, she would tell us what that was called, but I don't remember. It, there's a term yeah, I for it. I wouldn't go in like looking. I would just want to sit down and just see if I hear what people have claimed to hear, like the cannon fires, the gunfire, you know. But hey, if a, if a Union soldier wants to come up and, you know, I'll give him a salute. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. I mean, that would be fun. Maybe we'll start looking into that as we get a little bigger. Then they'll be more interested in us doing it. Speaking of getting bigger, holy crap, guys. Um, Another great week. Well, not even a week. I think we recorded last Thursday, right? Yeah. And it's Tuesday. We did a little early so I could fit a lot of stuff in. 209 subs already. Yes. That's moving. We're we're slowly going up that ladder. Yeah, we'll get there. um, what is the Warren video on the first Warren we did? Because I know that that's my check. That was like at seven something. I think it's still there. Um, okay. Seven twenty-seven. Okay, all right. But the Friday Thirteenth video is still going up, and then we're at thirty-five uh, hundred views. And so. uh, feel free to comment, guys. We'll answer them. Like we're not taking yeah. it negatively. If we screwed something up, I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, like, and then like the one guy's like, you know, how could you forget Sally? And I corrected and said Sandy, but Sally was the actress. Yeah, so. but and it was <laughs> it was our first time. We didn't know exactly which way we were going. We didn't have like yeah. a set plan. We didn't have a script. No, nah, we, yeah, we, 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 we just we, ad-libbed we, everything. Yeah, we just <laughs> we just went with it, guys. I mean, yeah, there we'll have sort of a script for the next mm-hmm. one just with points. yeah we'll have an outline yeah but we'll have a better outline of what we want to do and what, yeah. not really what we want to say because we want it to seem natural like this yeah but yeah you know there's there's a lot of information in the next one and there's dates and shit i don't want to get wrong so right. we'll hide some cheat sheets somewhere am i holding one. up some cue cards for you or anything no not <laughs> I, I think i can hide i'll tell you about that more later i was thinking about okay that. sounds good. how are the uh the wireless mics there there a go no 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 they're too low oh uh, really because they sounded good like when you sent me the test yeah but when i put them in the editor and you have to raise it up uh, so loud to hear it that you hear that you hear you hear a uh, whine you hear a hum oh uh, that stinks but I'm, I'm still working on other things we do have a comment from melanie m 18 hours ago about the stenderker family haunting now, the, oh. thank you for chiming in because this is interesting. She said, wanted to chime in. Philip Snedeker did go into recovery for a while, but the cancer came back and he succumbed to it January 9th of 2012 at 38 oh. years old. You can find his obit on Google from Tetrick Funeral Home, and he's also on findagrave.com. He lived oh. in Tennessee when he passed and is buried in Wilson Cemetery. Kind of swinging back to the Warrens, their name had a lot of pull and still does. There was a massacre that took place in Hamilton, Ohio around the same time as Amityville that many do not know about. It was a bit worse in Amityville because more people were killed, mostly children. If you're interested, there is a wiki article on the events. It's under Easter Sunday Massacre. I've actually heard of that. I'd post links, but YouTube doesn't allow that. The house still stands, and a new family does live there. The house is blocked from view on Google Street Images, but the picture of what the house looked like at the time of the murders can still be found on Google Images. I was shocked to hear something that big happened around the same time as Amityville, and didn't get hardly any, any attention drawn to it. 
guess it has to have the Warren's name on it before anyone seems. Well, that and New York's going to have the bigger market than Ohio. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah the Warrens yeah, were involved. Know that. <laughs> yeah, the Warrens would be involved. And it, I'm not saying the Warrens weren't the case for the more because they brought it in later. But the DeFeo murders were huge. And Plus, it's a rich town. Rich town. They didn't yeah. like all the press, so it took off from there. Yeah. Ohio, not the biggest market, especially in the 70s, and depending on yeah. where in Ohio. But it would be something that interested. Thanks you for chiming in. Like I said, comment. I'm all about yeah. rating them. I love Rick. Rick Paulton, time to go on a road trip. <laughs> yeah. And I have uh, I have a contact at Lehigh, the DJ. He constantly tells me when I fuck up the haunts. So, like, come on, tell us. I mean, yeah. that's how we grew. That's how we got here. If yeah. you go back and watch my first podcast, I just listened the other day. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. That's so bad. But you go up, you go up, you go up, you get used yeah. to talking, you, you get you just, used to bullshitting. And... You just got to critique yourself, and, you know, as time goes on, you get better and better. Hey, know, South so. Jersey Jason, I text him all the time, we fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, every once in a while, I'll have my off nights where I'm just not feeling good, and, you know, but then the next time we record, I'm giving it my A game. Um, but I think it works best when we just shoot the shit yep. and banter you know yeah um but these are really good and I, I mean these are really awesome stories to talk about i looking at the views people share the same interest yeah it's um, it's fascinating stuff the warrens are a big name and yeah like if they help people i'm all about it but we've caught them in some lies so the bullcrap meter is a lot of fun so it's just <laughs> it's just fun guys we're having fun yeah yeah. And telling some interesting stories along the way. Speaking of fun, I was saw some trivia on totally off topic, but for Spaceballs. So Mel Brooks, when he went to George Lucas, yeah, asked for his permission, and he said, "Yeah, just one thing you can't do, can't toys do merch. or anything." Yeah. So that's why, and I always that's why they had Spaceballs this and Spaceballs the water, Spaceballs the flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was just like, you know what we could have used when we had the Canadian wildfire was a can of air. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I never I was Dude, everyone bitching about that, that air smokes more than I do. And I'm like, yeah. really guys? Really is it really <laughs> that bad? Go in the fucking house. Like, come mm. on. Uh but anyway, this has been a lot of fun. Guys, thanks yeah. for stopping by. We will see you next Monday. This is a Horror Shed Podcast. Like, subscribe, and we out.